CSN International presents To Every Man an Answer, the live Bible answer program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a question on the Bible or the Christian faith, you can call us at 1 888 827 5276. That's 1 888 Ask CSN. Now let's get things started. Here's today's host. Aloha, everyone. This is Pastor Daryl Skinner of Calvary Chapel, Pearl Harbor in Hawaii. I'm filling in for Pastor Mike Kessler, and it's a great joy to be with you today and sharing God's Word and growing in God's Word onto every man and answer. And, of course, you want to give us a call with your question. It might be about Bible prophecy, about the Word of God itself, about cults, about uh, oh, counseling, uh, about prayer, whatever it might be. Give us a call. We'd love to talk to you. The phone number is one eighty eight eighty eight. Ask ASKCSN. Ask CSN. One eight 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 Ask CSN. Give us a call. We have a we have a, actually we have a line open. The phones are just live right now. We're looking forward to a great program. And on with me, a special guest, uh, Greg Pastor Greg LeBlanc of uh, Calvary Chapel, Rapid City in South Dakota. Greg, it is great to be on with you. Looking forward to another great program on to every man and answer. How you doing? Good, Daryl. I. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not just a guest host every once in a while. I'm a guy who, who listens and watches all the time. And, and <laughs> I, I appreciate, yeah, I'm glad you're back in the saddle on Thursdays. And, uh, I'm, uh, I, you always make me, you have a, you have a voice, you have a voice that always makes me smile whenever I hear you share an answer. So, uh, glory to our King, right? Glory amen, to Jesus. Amen. Glory to Jesus for that. I, I've been told that I have a great face for radio, so that's why <laughs> that's 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 why we have that's why we have a radio station. And I know that you Funny, have a radio I was told background. The same thing, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're found well, it out there, buddy. I know, I know. Hey, it's, it's great to be on with you now, folks. Uh, we're gonna just take give a little intro here to this because this is pretty important stuff. Uh, keep calling in, folks. Hold on the line. We're gonna be with you in just a moment. But uh, Greg was in Israel. On yeah. <laughs> October 7th, when the, the, uh, Hamas, uh, did their horrific acts there oh. in Israel, he was in Jerusalem. So Greg, why don't you tell us kind of the, what, what took place and, and what was happening as you were in Jerusalem at that time and, uh, the, the feel of the country and the people and what the Lord was showing you. Yeah. Well, it, uh, you know, Daryl, you've been to, you've been to, yes. to Israel many times. So have I. And, and it, it, there, there's, it's hard to have a bad day in Israel, okay. except on October seventh. And when uh, when I got up that morning, I heard the sirens. You know, we heard the sirens, and it's you hear sirens all the time. There's there's Israel is constantly under some kind of alert status, and so hearing the sirens go off as a uh, uh, as a test it's it's not uncommon so when i heard them on uh on saturday morning october 7th i'm i i get my little camera out and i'm i'm videoing some of that and i'm going hey are are you listening to this and and uh uh you know what what would happen if this was the real deal and so i ended up putting that up on my uh on my facebook page Along with going up on the roof because the sirens went off an hour later. This is before anybody knew what, uh, what heinous, demonic, evil intention Hamas had. And, and, uh, the second time the sirens went off, I went, uh, I went up to the roof 
and I took my camera up to the roof and I looked to the east and maybe 20 miles away, 30 miles away, you could see the trailer missiles from the Iron Dome. And I'm going, oh, my goodness, they don't they're not wasting a hundred thousand dollar missile. So this has got to be the real deal because there were multiple there were multiple trails and nobody even the hotel. Nah, none of the management, nobody knew what was going on at the time. It wasn't until a few hours later that we found out what uh, uh, what they had done in this sneak attack uh, on Israel. I had been uh, I had been at the Kotel, which, you know, is is just what it's what the Jews call the Western Wall. I had mm-hmm. been there. The, I had been there the night before because it was it was basically the last day of uh, the celebration of tabernacles. Plus, it was Shabbat and I have never, I have never seen it so packed. There were, uh, there are two, three thousand people just down, just down in the plaza area. It was wall to wall people. And so, you know, the, the steps that you come down right after you come out of, uh, out of, uh, the security. Well, I had my camera up there and I was just taking a few pictures and I, I was just amazed at how these people were celebrating the, the, the deliverance, you know, that's what tabernacles and booths or Sukkot is all about. It's, uh, it's about celebrating the deliverance of, uh, of God's hand of favor, bringing them out of, out of Egypt. And in that celebration to go from that to the following morning, it turns out that Hamas had uh, planned it very similarly to what, uh, to what happened in, uh, the Yom Kippur. Or in 1973, almost, almost exactly to, uh, to the day. And, you know, some people say that Israel was caught flat footed, which I don't know. I don't know. Israel, Israel's on high alert all the time. So I'm, I'm not sure I'm buying all of that, but, uh, it was certainly a massacre. And, uh, you know, you know what, you know what's happened from there. We were, I think, I think we mentioned earlier that, that uh, that that happened on the seventh because all the people that were coming on our tour were supposed to get on planes uh, on Sunday the eighth, and I was going to meet them uh, at Ben Gurion on wow. uh, in Tel Aviv on uh, on the ninth, and so all of our all of our uh, flights got canceled, um, Delta flights, United flights, they all they all got canceled. The only flights that were coming in at the time. We're El All, and you know why, because they have incredible security. But let me let me just give a shout out to uh to four incredible people from our church that said uh one of our guys said, Hey, no pastor left behind. So even before ta- chatting it up with me, he's already planning on flying into Jordan and then uh coming over the border at the King Hussein Crossing or uh or at Allensby. And, uh, and meeting us there. So we had four of our people come over and, and we still toured. And let me, mm. let me, let me tell you, even though all this crummy stuff was happening, uh, down south, you know, I'm getting all these texts and all these emails. Hey, are you okay? You got to get out of there right away. And, and, uh, and they weren't, they weren't boots on the ground. You know, they, they didn't know exactly what was going on. They were just seeing what was, what was being broadcast in the, uh, uh, and the nonstop news, which if you remember the first three days, they just kept playing the same loop with the same one or two explosions over and over and over. And, 
And they didn't know that, you know, most people that were watching didn't know that those were explosions that were happening in Gaza via uh, the IDF Air Force. And they were thinking that that they were explosions that were happening this side of the border, not just right outside the border of uh, of Gaza and and Sterot and and those cities that were right there. But but we toured. We continued to tour. And so many of the Israelis, they were they were so thankful. They were surprised and they were thankful that we were still standing with Israel in Israel in their hour of need. Mm-hmm. And and we talked to lots of IDF soldiers and and lots of people that were, you know, running businesses and they they were so kind and and the Lord opened up a whole bunch of doors for us. And then we got out uh, the following. Uh, we were supposed to go to Jerusalem on the on the 13th, Friday the 13th. Mm. And that's when we heard that the Hamas, some 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 Hamas sympathizers were going around and uh, and uh, indiscriminately killing innocent civilians. And so. So we just decided at that point that we would just head over to Jordan. So we so we finished our tour. We went over to Jordan, went to Mount Nebo, went, went to Petra, went to Jerish. We went to the uh, baptism site uh, uh, that's on the Jordanian side. We went to Market Church, if you know who they are. And so the, we were never in any danger. Um, but but my heart goes out and I know that yours does too, because you love it. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's interesting as the news is unfolding before very eyes in these 20 days now of this uh, war, uh, Erdogan of, uh, of uh, Turkey Turkey. is taking the side of Hamas, uh, which was expected, which is also fulfilling Bible prophecy, of course. And of course he has an alliance with uh, Vladimir Putin and Russia as well as with the Iranians. There's a picture of them in 2021 standing together, shaking hands in their alliance. And this is all fulfillment of Ezekiel 38 and 39 that's going to take place. It's not taking place right now, but it's going to take place. We're not sure when, but that we see the alliance is strong. We see him calling out uh, Israel once again, siding with Hamas. This is Erdogan I'm talking about. As well as we see, of course, the, the Hezbollah to the north, the violence in the West Bank, all these things are taking place, but I will always say whenever we've traveled to Israel, no matter what has been happening, you always have a sense of uh, God's peace and safety and security. It's it's almost a supernatural uh, feeling inside, if I could use that in your soul, because you know that God is with you and God is with the Jewish people. Uh, this These atrocities are another sign of the last days, sign of anti-Semitism, sign of uh, hating the Jewish people and the God of Israel. And as we look to these signs, Greg, we see that uh, it's, it's, we're living fully in the, the last days. And people, if you're, if you're not saved, you need to get saved today because the Lord is coming soon for his church. And, and don't be playing games with God right now. Not, don't be part of the church of Laodicea, the lukewarm church, but be a part of the, of, uh, of the church of Philadelphia. It keeps the word of God, will not deny his name. The Bible says, Jesus says, that I will keep you from the hour of trial that will come upon the whole world. That's the great tribulation period. But hey, let's get to the phones right now. Man, fascinating story, exciting stuff. And keep uh, keep Israel in our prayers, my friends. Keep Jerusalem, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And we know that God's hand is there, but these are tough, tough times 
for the uh, people of Israel who we love dearly. And we pray for all people to be saved, of course. So let's go to the phones. Let's talk to Jeremy right now. Jeremy from Dallas, Texas. Jeremy, how you doing? And yes. what's your question today for to every man and answer? Uh, yes, good evening, Pastor. Uh, we were talking yesterday about uh, dispensationalism and covenantism and that we're under the age of grace. And my question was, when have we not been under the age of grace? <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, you know, as, as you look to the grace of God, you see it through the Old Testament. You see it in the New Testament. Uh, everyone is saved by the grace of God. Uh, for by grace you've been saved, and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast, the Bible declares. But, of course, uh, we needed someone to bring forth that atonement. That atonement came through Jesus Christ, his blood atonement upon the cross. Thus, we can go to heaven uh, and uh, not to Abraham's bosom, of course, uh, before the death and resurrection of our Lord and ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we realize this this time of what we call grace or the church as the Jew and Gentiles becoming one and and becoming the body of Christ. As we are saved, we're born again of the Holy Spirit. We know that we're saved by the grace of God. So the fulfillment of the promises of God, of the Messiah to come, the Savior to come, uh, were fulfilled in Jesus Christ at the first coming. And thus we we refer to that as that time of grace and mercy. But yes, all all of God's people throughout all of human history have been saved truly by the grace of God. They were The Old Testament folks were looking to the Messiah to come. Us New Testament folks look at the Messiah that came, and thus, but the fulfillment took place at the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus. Greg, you want to add to that? Yeah, Jeremy, I, I appreciate your question because I, I think I'm, I think I'm picking up what you're laying down because you're, you're right. It has always been by grace. It is all, you know, uh, it, all the way back in Genesis, Abraham believed and it was accounted to him as, uh, as righteousness. And, and just because, uh, uh, theologians, guys a lot smarter than I, uh, would term, would term what we are in now as the age of grace doesn't exclude that, uh, that Old Testament saints were, were not under grace, uh, as, uh, as well. You know, uh, I think that everybody, everybody has a plaque or at least, at least has memorized Ephesians, you know, two, eight, nine, you know, by grace, you would say through faith, gift of God, not of works so that, so that no one, uh, no one can boast. So I, I don't think just because people use the terminology, um, the dispensation or the, or the age of grace doesn't exclude, um, God always having it <laughs> how how could any of us how could any of us old testament or new testament uh survive without the grace of god pastor Terrell? yeah i think the thing is that we look as the fulfillment in christ uh in his great uh his his crucifixion his love father forgive them they know not what they do and so forth and we've come to that place of absolute atonement through jesus christ and uh, thus we have what's called, you can call it the age of grace, you can call it the church age. Uh, we are the bride of Christ. There is something unique and special about us as we're now born again of the Holy Spirit. We're going to go up in the rapture of the church before the uh, great tribulation period. The Lord will not put the bride of, our Father will not put the bride of Christ, the bride of his son, through his wrath. Uh, and thus we have this time of, we can call it grace or we can call it uh, the time of the church, the called out ones. That are following, that are following the Lord Jesus Christ. That help you out, Jeremy? Does to an extent. And the question 
uh, begs further discussion is wh why is that even a thing? Uh, you mean grace? A thing. It's, it's not spoken of in Scripture at all. God does not change. Uh, well, I, it's only a thing if you want to make it a big thing. Uh, it's, it's pretty simple. As we look to the age of grace, I love the, the expression of God's riches at Christ's expense, G-R-A-C-E. And that's what happened. We see the fulfillment of that grace of God. Because if the Messiah never came, there'd be no grace for the, for the previous believers. Uh, but the Messiah did come, and he fulfilled all things. Uh, fulfilling the Torah, fulfilling the prophets, and and so forth. And that's the beauty of God's love, and that's what we get to receive. So as we look to the grace of God from Old Testament to New Testament, we have to look at the fulfiller of that grace, and that's found in the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's uh, it's exciting, and it's a blessing, I mean, to know that uh, all your sins are washed away, past, present, and future. You have a hope with Christ going to heaven. And uh, I think uh, if whether you want to call it the church age, you want to call it the age of grace, uh, God's grace is always there, but they, they were looking to the Messiah to come. We looked to the Messiah that came, and thus we are saved. So anyway, don't be too redundant. Let's, uh, let's, uh, Jeremy, stay on the line. We're going to give you some items here. We have evolution versus God. We have 101 Bible prophecies, as well as Mike's book, It's Time to Grow. And I know you can be blessed with those items. And thank you so very much for calling with a great question. It was a great question. Let's go to Claudia in San Jose. Claudia, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you, pastors? Doing great. Thank um, you so much for asking. How can we help you out? Uh, well, I, you know, I'm, I've been um, talking to my family and, and my, all my family, you know, I, I always believed that they were walking with the Lord. And, um, and I found out, um, you know, when I, I'm really excited about eternity and all that stuff, you know, and, and what's coming to us when we lift us out. So I'm not really aware of what's going to happen, but I found out that my family really, seems like they are not walking 100% with the Lord because uh, there have been occasions that they were saying that I was a fanatic and I was, uh, um, you know, that it's my opinion and not the truth and all that stuff. And, and that kind of made me believe that they're really not walking with the Lord because a lot of times they would say something about the Bible, but they don't apply it to themselves on everything else. So I'm kind of curious and if they are in lukewarm status, maybe, and how could I do it to be able to help my family overcome this and really walk with the Lord? I'm really worried about that, their salvation, you know, and their spirits. I would love for us to be all in heaven. You know, that is a concern, I think, for all of us as born-again believers. We love Jesus, and uh, sometimes people, yeah, you kind of go, well, they're not really measuring up to the Christian faith very well even though they believe, right? It's kind of more in their head than in their heart. So I'm going to hand over to Greg, let him answer this uh, uh, first off, and then I'll follow up with him. Greg, Excellent. go ahead. Hey, um, one thing, if Jeremy's still listening, I just wanted to read one verse that uh, that might help him. This is, uh, this is uh, Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 17. It says, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And so we have to remember that it's it, it's always been by grace, but we're on it. We're we're under a different covenant than uh, than the Old Testament saints. So I hope that helps out a little bit. And Miss Claudia, what a what a what a what a great heart that you have for your family. And I I I wish that more uh, born again, sold out, pedal to the metal. Uh, 
blood wash, blood bought, walking by the spirit, you know, evangelical Christian, you know, uh, I wish more of them had the same concern and not just taking for granted because their, their family or, uh, friends claim to have a relationship with the Lord when you're not seeing the, uh, the amount of fruit that, that, that should follow every believer. And, and I think you used, I think you used the term Claudia a hundred percent. Um, and let me just be honest. I've never seen anybody that I know, uh, follow the Lord a hundred percent, but the, the attitude should be, you know, Jesus said, if any man come after me, let him deny himself, take his cross daily and follow after me for whoever wants to save his life is going to lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake is going to save it. And, and Jesus said in John, uh, uh, 14 and say, well, just go on John 14. If you love me, keep my commandments. So he gives when, when people say that they love Jesus, Jesus gives the definition of what that means. That if we say that we love Jesus, then we have a desire. We have a desire and we actually put effort into following the commands as hard as they could be at times. We just want to live a life that is, uh, is submitted to them. So to answer your question, what can you do? Uh, number one, I think it never hurts if you can speak to them graciously and with compassion and kindness and show them what the word of God says, what Jesus says it means to, to actually follow him and, uh, and without being judgmental or without being critical, just with having a, a concern for uh, for the location of their soul in eternity, I think that I think that that's I think it's wise to have those conversations. We have a responsibility. Ezekiel tells us that if we don't warn the wicked man of his wicked way, then their blood will be on our hands. And and sometimes people just have to to see it lived out. So. The best thing that you can do, Claudia, in in front of your friends, in front of your family members, is to unapologetically do your best to live a life without compromise, and uh, and uh, and 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 encourage them to do the same. Especially, especially in these last days, this is not a time to be playing church. This is a time to examine yourself to make sure you're uh, you're in the faith. Pastor Darrell? Yeah, you know, Claudia, uh, great answer, Greg. And, and Claudia, just to add a little bit to, to this, when they call you a fanatic, uh, just say you're a fan of God, okay? So, because <laughs> you love the Lord, you want to serve Him, you want to honor Him. And I found many times, when, especially my, in my Christian walk as I was younger and so forth, I, uh, I, I, I was a little bit, uh, how can I say this, critical, uh, because I was just excited, wanted people have that same walk that I had. And I realized they don't have the same walk that I have. So I decided, how do I inspire them to increase their faith? How do I inspire them to change their life? And that comes by asking God for wisdom and knowledge and understanding on how to reach their hearts. What touches them? What motivates them? How can I get them to draw closer to God, to be a stronger disciple of the Lord, and to really what we're talking about is sanctification, to be sanctified in the Lord Jesus Christ? And so it may be uh, 
passages you read, you could share with them. Hey, why don't you read this passage? It really spoke to my heart. Uh, it could be a book that you've read by a good Christian author or, or uh, you know, might be a, a program on the internet that you've watched. And, hey, I want to just share this with you and, and get them uh, to maybe motivate them to watch and to learn and to grow. Because some, sometimes people, they, they just need that push. And we that's what we do. We have to be a little bit pushy, yes. And it's a good push. You're not pushing them off a cliff. We're pushing them into the Lord. And that's what we want to do. So I would just ask the Lord to show you how you can inspire them and motivate them to grow in their faith. And a lot of times people will watch you. And as they're watching you, they actually will become envious of your faith in Christ. And all of a sudden, you think there's no effect happening, but there really is. And all of a sudden, they turn and you say, how is it you have this faith in God and Jesus Christ? And then you can share with them how you do it. It's worship. It's the word. It's witnessing and so forth. And you're going forward in Christ. And But they have to reach the kind of the end of the stuff that they're doing and realize it doesn't satisfy. I'm a weak believer. I need to be a strong believer. I want my soul to be satisfied. And they follow after God. So just be an inspiration. Let the Lord use your life tremendously. I know, Claudia, God's going to bless you mightily. But I love to hear, as, as Greg just said, too, we love to hear that you're so concerned about other brothers and sisters of Christ to see them grow. Claudia, is there anything else we can do for you? We've got a few seconds before the break. Anything else? No, you're you're tremendously right. Um, I'm 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 just like you know we're supposed to live according to fear of the Lord. You know, I mean, fear obedience is another way to show Him that we love Him. But um, you know, I, it just seems a little contradictable that my mother and my aunts and everybody is not a hundred percent. So I, I'm I was really so- shocked to know that. So um, I think I I, I think I'm just going to continually live by example. You know, be example on that matter and how God is transforming him. He's working in my life, you know, and I think that will be the best proof that it can possibly have, you know, and just be obedient. Um, because yeah, like you said, especially now, because right now with everything that's happening, I always want to make sure that I'm a hundred percent with the Lord. I'm, right I, I really do love him with all my heart and soul and mind. And, you know, and I'm, I know I'm a sinner and I'm not a hundred percent all the time. And I know that, but I know that he knows my heart. And I know that he um, he knows that I, I I care about my family, and I really do wish for them to follow with a stronger, stronger faith. And it would be ideal because then we have conversations. It wouldn't be based on just, like, saying your, so your opinion, you know. And it's not an opinion issue. It's just that this is my lessons. I'm a pupil of the Bible, the gospel, and I, I just like sharing things. And, you know, and, and it's okay, you know, because um, now I understand better. Thank you so much. I- you're welcome. And remember, the Bible says love never fails. Just keep loving them no matter what. Let the Lord do that work. Hey, we're at the time of a break. And Claudia, stay on the line while we get you those special items uh, and gifts. And I know you'll be super blessed. We'll be right back after this break on To Every Man and Answer. Hey, this is Brant along with Sherry here. And so you hear me doing these spots for MediShare? And Sherry actually helps me with them. I get people actually in person saying, okay, Brent, for real, do you recommend this? Like, yeah, uh, for real, I actually do. I'm not just saying stuff. So family, friends ask me about it. I'm like, yes, you should look into this. It's really a great option for a lot of people. That's what I tell people my experience has been. MediShare has been 
fantastic for me. Yeah. It, it's so different from health insurance in a lot of great ways, honestly. It, yeah, and see, a lot of people who've switched tell me that. It's the same reaction. They're very, very happy with it, and it gives them peace of mind and saves them a lot of money. I would tell people, look into it. Yep. Uh, so really, for reals, uh, if you want to talk to them, they're great to talk to. I think you'll be impressed and happy you looked into it. So um, you do the phone number. I'm actually tired of doing all the phone numbers. You, uh, okay. Call now. 855-91-BIBLE. That's 855-91-BIBLE. 855-91-BIBLE. Nice job. Thanks. Are you ready to study to show yourself approved? A workman not ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth? In this sad, lonely, and lost generation, people need help. They need Jesus. And who can present the gospel better than you? Calvary Chapel University wants to be a helper of your joy so you can go out and make disciples who make disciples. Go to calvarychapeluniversity.edu and apply today and you'll earn outstanding scholarships. Most of our CCU graduates graduate early or on time, debt-free and sound doctrinally. Go to calvarychapeluniversity.edu and apply today. Skip Heitzig is one of our faculty members, and David Guzik is not only a board member, but he just earned his Master of Divinity at CCU. Go to calvarychapeluniversity.edu and apply today and watch God move powerfully in your life. Great to be with you once again. I'm filling in for Pastor Mike Kessler, and I'm Pastor Gerald Skinner of Calvary Chapel, Pearl Harbor. And on with me today is special guest, uh, great Pastor Greg Blanc of Calvary Chapel, Rapid City in South Dakota. And uh, great questions are coming in, and uh, we're just thoroughly enjoying ourselves, Greg, having a great time. We're going to go right to Barbara right now. Barbara in, uh, is it in Kentucky? I, I see, I don't see a city, but uh, I think it's Kentucky. Is that you, Barbara? Yeah, Bromley, Kentucky. I'm across the river. Oh, okay, very good. How can we help you? Yeah, I would like to know if you explain to me what the um, chap, uh, Isaiah chapter 54 is talking about. Oh, okay, Isaiah chapter 54. Uh, Greg, you want to take a shot at this one? Let's take a peek here. Um, Barbara, can you? I I love. I love this. I love this chapter for for multiple multiple reasons. Because as uh, well, one of them years ago, years ago when I was uh, on staff with Pastor Mike McIntosh in in uh, San Diego at Horizon Christian Fellowship, one of the ministries that I that I had the privilege of overseeing was our children's ministry. And in, in verse thirteen in Isaiah fifty four thirteen, it says, "All your children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children." So I have an affinity. To this chapter, I also have an affinity to it because I love the 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 prayer in verse two, where it says, "Enlarge the place of your tent, and let the uh, let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords, and strengthen your stakes." And uh, and in a portion of that where it says uh, says our Redeemer lives, and that He's uh, well, let me see. It says, Lord, where it says, uh, your maker is your husband. Lord of hosts is his name. Um, and your redeemer is the holy one of Israel. He calls the God of, uh, of the whole earth. So I'm, I'm, 
I looked at your question and I'm, I, I probably need a little more information. Daryl and I probably need a little more information on, on what specifically you're asking. So can you give us a little more input, please? Well, the, the, at the beginning of the chapter, it talks about like you know women that never had babies and never bore kids and things like that. What's it talking about there? It's um, um, oh, go no, ahead. Go no. ahead. You want to go ahead, Greg? No, go ahead. Okay, it's what we're talking about is uh, in Isaiah fifty-four. We're talking about uh, Israel being restored as the wife of the Lord, and they didn't bear fruit unto the Lord because they rejected their own Messiah. But now they're going to be redeemed as uh, God's going to pour out a spirit upon them. Of course, during the great tribulation period, we have 144,000 Jews. They'll be anointed of God. There'll be a restoration of Israel back to God. Uh, Israel in the Old Testament many times was looked at as a wife that was in harlotry against God because it went after the foreign gods into immoralities and idolatries and after the, the gods of the other nations. And thus they were this adulterous wife before before God. And this is talking about the restoration of the nation of Israel. It even mentions this thing about Noah, as God promised Noah not to uh, have the flood uh, happen ever again. And so God's uh, God will not reject Israel ever again as they're fully and completely restored in the uh, the tribulation period. And then, of course, the second coming of Jesus. And he will reign and rule from the throne of David there in Jerusalem and the children of Israel have recognized that they had crucified the Messiah. Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach, is the Messiah, and they've come to faith in him. And then you have the 1,000-year reign of Christ, where uh, the Jewish people will be rejoicing in peace and, and fruitfulness and so forth, and, and as well as the Gentile nations, those who did not take the mark of the beast, they made it through the tribulation period, were allowed to come into the millennial reign of Christ. So it's talking about a lot about the restoration of Israel back to 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 God. Uh, Greg, go ahead. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a it's a chapter of promise. It's mm-hmm. a chapter of hope. Even though uh, Pastor Gerald um, had mentioned that that Israel was on the sin and confess merry go round, you know, uh, year after year after year, you know, they'd do great for a generation or two, and then they'd go back and and fall into harlotry and and god's heart for israel is seen in the book of hosea and and uh and so the the overall portion the overall theme of the chapter is a chapter of of hope and you look at verses seven and eight it says for a mere moment i have forsaken you but with great mercies i will gather you with uh with a little wrath i hid my face from you for a moment but with everlasting kindness I will have mercy on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. So it's a very, it's a, that's a very good question, Barbara. Way to be a student of the Bible. Amen. Hey, Barbara, if you stand in line, we're going to get you these uh, items. Evolution versus God. Uh, it's Time to Grow by Pastor Mike Kessler, as well as a couple more videos. And I know that you're going to love them and be super blessed with them. But thank you so very much for your call. We're going to go to Guy in Santa Clara, California. Guy, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys? We're doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. How can we help you out today? I sure hope you can help me with this because it's kind of bug- it's bugging me. <laughs> um, Luke twenty three forty three, where Jesus turns to the thief on the cross and says, today you'll be with me in paradise. And I'm having trouble with, if you compare it with verses well, I'll just give you them real quick. Uh, John five twenty eight and twenty nine, and um, 
Daniel 12, 1 and 2, verses 1 and 2. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 15, and Revelation 20, verse 4 and 5, for example, it, it talks about them being, in those verses, they're coming from the grave, as if they've been in in a different state, like they've been dead for, you know, how many years, I depends on the situation, instead of instantly going up uh to be with Jesus in paradise, as it says in Luke 23. So, yeah, I'm wondering, how does that work? <laughs> uh, Greg, you want to tackle this one first off, or do you yeah, want me to? Yeah, I can, yeah, okay, I can go take ahead. a peek at it. Um, I think for everybody who's listening, um, it, it's a very it's a very good question, but I think there's a, a relatively simple answer. The, these are all talking about... Uh, uh, passages that are talking about resurrection and um, the confusion can come sometimes when we are uh, comparing uh, our bodily resurrection to the resurrection of our soul. So when Jesus told the thief on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise, he was talking about his soul. You know, in, in uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 8, it says, you know, to be at uh, 5, 8. I think so. Yeah, to be absent from the body is to be present. Is to be present with the Lord. He's talking about our soul when uh, when the believer when the believer of this age dies, our soul automatically is in heaven. We're face to face with the King, and we're going to realize it was all is all worth it. But we don't get our resurrected bodies until uh, you know for Thessalonians four. And Second uh, Corinthians 15, they talk um, uh, talk about the rapture of uh, of the church. So, in let me just go there real quick to First Thessalonians four. I'm almost there. First Thessalonians four. Fifteen, he said. Yeah, 15 says, uh, for this we say to you by uh, the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore come from one another um with these words and in in first uh, corinthians 15 we get uh we get a similar uh a similar admonition in verse let's find it right here let's find ah there we go verse 15 says, now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall all be changed. For this corruption, uncorruptible, must put on cor- incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this uh, corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immor- uh, immortality, then shall we be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. So um, 
I, I, I think it's easily understood talking about the difference between the resurrection of our body and the resurrection of our soul. Pastor Darrell? Yeah, you know, as as uh, people die, even Paul the Apostle, he died and then he came back to life. He was believed stoned to death there in the book of Acts. He writes about this event that took place in his life in Second Corinthians chapter 12. And he says, I was caught up to paradise uh, and I heard things that are inexpressible, so beautiful, so incredible. But then he came back to life in in, in our world. And yet God gave him a, 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 just a taste of heaven and so forth. Now, we know that when people die, they immediately go to heaven. The first martyr of the church was Stephen, the book of Acts chapter 7. As he was stoned to death, the Bible says that Jesus stood up at the right hand of the Father. The heavens opened up, and he was there to, ready to receive Stephen. The first person we will meet as we go to heaven is not going to be Peter. <laughs> it's going to be the Lord. It's going to be the Lord Jesus. Okay. Uh, and the Lord Jesus will stand up for each and every one of us. And I love what it says in Matthew 25, where Jesus says, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. It's going to be a celebration as you enter into heaven. Now, we are going to need glorified bodies, as, as Greg was just sharing with us. We need these glorified bodies because we're all going to be returning to earth for the 1,000-year reign of Christ. Revelation 19 says we mount up on horses and we return to earth with the Lord, called the Battle of Armageddon. The Lord destroys the enemies, his as enemies, and then we set up the millennial kingdom. And we as believers who have these glorified bodies made for the heavens and for the earth— we have these, I don't know what age we're going to be, by the way. People ask me all that. What age do you think we're going to be? I don't know, but we'll be a whole lot better looking than what we are now. I know that much. And we're totally healthy without any disease or sin. And we're going to be glorified. And we're going to reign and rule on the earth for a thousand years with the Lord Jesus. What will we be doing? We're going to be directing people to the Lord in the scriptures of God, knowing him spiritually and personally. And this will take place for the thousand-year reign of Christ. After that thousand-year reign is over, I'll just summarize real quickly. We're going to head off to the new heavens, the new earth, new Jerusalem, where righteousness dwells forever and ever and ever. And this is this, this is exciting because this is what God has in store for each and every one of us. So you have, uh, as we have two things described, one is when a person dies right now to be absent from the body, be present with the Lord, and then we're going to receive a glorified body that's going to be made for the earth, and then we're going to head off to the new heavens, new earth, new Jerusalem. And so, uh, and, and forever be with the Lord. So that's the scenario of what's going to be taking place, Guy. Does that answer your question? Yeah, yes. And I just, so there'll be a, let's say the thief on the cross, he, he was in paradise, but he's in paradise in not really bodily form, when, I guess is my question. When, is there a when he, when, when he went to, Guy, when he went to paradise, Jesus took him probably to Abraham's bosom because nobody had gone to heaven itself yet. Uh, that would be when the Lord ascends to heaven, then he leads a triumphal parade to heaven. Now, it's interesting because uh, uh, as he would die, and, and any any believer of the Old Testament uh, would die and go to Abraham's bosom. In Abraham's bosom, they were able to see them, and, and even the 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 uh, the beggar and Lazarus, you know, the beggar Lazarus with the rich man, the rich man was able to see across the great gulf. He was being tormented in Hades and, and Lazarus, the beggar was being comforted in Abraham's bosom. And he says, have Lazarus put his finger in some water and put it on my tongue. So there was some sense of, of, of physicality, but it wasn't that glorified body that we have to have when we return to the earth to reign and rule for a thousand years. So there is some sense of a, a spiritual body that takes place as people go into the afterlife, 
as we saw there in Abraham's bosom, a historical event. And then, of course, when we go to heaven, we'll have some kind of a spiritual body at that time. But fully to receive that body for heaven and earth, that'll take place at the rapture of the church for all people in heaven. And then we return with the Lord in his second coming. Does that make sense for you? So it makes more sense. Um, yeah, I'm going to research it a little further, but I, I see it will we'll exist in some sort of a physical form, but not the fully glorified body, if that, if that makes any sense. I'm not well, yeah, because sure. we, we, we need that physical body, a physical body, to come back to the earth to reign and rule. And so we have a, like a spiritual body in heaven, but it's going to be even transformed more with that physical body that we're going to receive at the rapture of the church. That's why Paul says, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Uh, this this corruption must put on incorruption, incorruption, this mortal must put on immortality, and so forth. And that's all going to take place. Stay in line. We want to get you those gifts. Evolution versus God, uh, time to grow, as well as, uh, what's the other one here? I'm pulling a blank. God of God of wonders. There you go. God of wonders. So you'll be blessed with those. I'm sharing with family and friends, and let's get them saved and going for God. Let's go to Nathan in Chico, California. Nathan, God bless you, my friend. How can we help you out? Hey, thank you for taking my call. I, I'm so thankful for what you guys do each and every day. Um, so a coworker and I were driving down the road yesterday, and we were talking about Israel and everything that's going on over there. And I don't want to give the wrong impression with this question. Let me say that I am all for Israel defending herself. Uh, but we, he wanted to know, he's kind of like, well, how does that square with vengeance is mine? I will repay, says the Lord. So I just want to hear your thoughts on that. Greg? Yeah, I, uh, you know, sometimes when, when that question comes up, because because it does, I'll answer the question with a question. If a husband sees that his wife is getting attacked, is it his responsibility to defend her? Or is he just to rely, well, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I think that's that that would be an obvious answer. Same thing with uh with the simplicity of a of a court system. You know, we, we, we have court systems to make sure that when there has been uh a crime committed that uh that people have the right to be able to uh, to defend themselves, and that there's there's justice at uh, at some point when it comes to what has been done to Israel for not just this attack, but you know <laughs> the day after the day after they declared the rebirth of the nation of Israel, May fourteenth, nineteen forty eight, on on May fifteenth, nineteen forty eight, five Muslim nations that uh, that surrounded them there in the ring of fire they they were immediately attacked were they not to defend themselves then uh of course not i think that i think that there's there's a difference between um self defense and what uh what hamas does uh here which is 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 blatantly murder daryl yeah i agree 100% as we look to what's taking place we're not talking about Christian persecution. We're talking about really a uh, war is what it is all about. This is, this is all out war. Uh, when they're sending 5,000 missiles into your, into your uh, country uh, <laughs> and, and then they bust through the walls and they slaughter men, women, and children, cut babies' heads off and, and burn people and so forth. These are hideous, barbaric uh, acts of, uh, of, of uh, murder. 
and it's an act of war. It's a it's a country, uh, a, really a, a state of Hamas, and, and the people voted for this leadership, this government, and this one government against another. And and thus, uh, even with our World Trade Towers, what took took place with us with ISIS, and we went to war against ISIS, Al Qaeda, and that, that's because uh, we have the right to defend ourselves. God always gives us the right to defend ourselves. Now, if I'm being persecuted for my Christian faith, and I'm going to be killed for my Christian faith, uh, and God has laid on my heart that hey, no, no, I'll take care of the vengeance. Uh, you're going to be persecuted. This this endure like Paul did and others. Then so be it. But this is, this, I think the crime is a good illustration as well as a man defending his wife because, uh, you know, you break into someone's house, you're going to defend yourself. You have every right to defend yourself. And, uh, it's, it's important that nations defend themselves against evil nations. This is an evil work of, of what we're seeing take place with, with Islam, with Iran. When they say they want a nation, uh, a race of people wiped off the face of the earth, this is evil, and they have every right to defend themselves. Now, it's very interesting. When the Ezekiel War breaks out, we're, we're, we discover that Israel is not going to be capable of defending itself, and God, for his namesake, will defend him, defend the nation of Israel and uphold his namesake. And that's a powerful statement by God saying, this is what I will do for you, and uh, that God will bring his vengeance upon those invading armies. They're going to be destroyed on the northern hills of Israel and Syria and Lebanon and so forth. And uh, it's it's going to be a powerful, powerful work of God as you read through that passage of Scripture. Does that help you out, Nathan? Yeah, looking forward to it. Amen. Thank you for clarifying. Right. I sure appreciate your your time. Thank you. Hey, keep going for God, my friend. And stay on line. We'll get you those special gifts. Let's go to Ray in, uh, I believe, is it Michigan? Are you in Michigan, Ray? Yes, I sure am. How are you doing, Pastor Daryl and Pastor Greg? Doing great. How can we help you out today? Good. I got a question. For those who get saved in the tribulation and then they go into the millennium, how long will they live? Are they going to live for the entire thousand years or will some some people die? You know, they have kids and stuff. Will will they are they going to die early or are they going to last the whole thousand years or do they just get, you know, when when uh, when Satan is released after the thousand years and they go against uh, Christ? And he defeats them. Is that when they die or will they die during, you know, are they going to live the whole time? Greg, what do you what do you have? Yeah, I'm looking here in uh, Revelation chapter 20, verse four, and it says, I saw thrones and they sat on them and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God who had not worshiped the beast or his image and had not received the mark on their foreheads or on their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Now, sometimes that can be a little confusing. That's that's for martyred saints. I think your specific question, Ray, was for those who get saved and uh, and somehow <laughs> somehow some way survive all the crazy stuff that is going on in the tribulation period. I don't think that they receive their glorified bodies until the end of the uh, the millennium. They will they will live uh, they will live in the millennial reign where where I think. Um, human life will be extended because of the, uh, uh, the, the, the renewal, you know, of, uh, of the planet. But, uh, but they, they will die. 
they will die during that point. They don't, they don't, uh, I don't think they, they receive their glorified bodies until after the end of the, uh, millennial reign. Pastor Daryl, what are you Yes, thoughts? I agree with you 100% because there'll be even people that Jesus, because of his, he will reign and rule with a rod of iron as they, uh, have, uh, committed a crime or something during the millennial reign. They may even be put to death for, all, for what the scripture says. Uh, he will reign and rule with a rod of iron. And now people, they're going to, I think they're going to live their natural lives as they go forward, but not a supernatural life because they don't have a supernatural body as of yet. And thus uh, they'll live whatever it's going to be. And they're going to have children and their, their children and children and children. And this is why the, the pop, population of planet Earth is going to explode during the thousand year reign of Christ, as well as uh, uh, our leadership and our guidance uh, for the people. And it even says that if a nation doesn't come to worship the Lord uh, during the Feast of Tabernacles, we talked about that earlier in our conversation, uh, that uh, no rain will come upon that land. It'll be a drought uh, and so forth. They in fact, gives Egypt as an example in the passage of Scripture. So it's not going to be a supernatural 1,000 years, but it will be under the leadership of Jesus. Uh, I don't know if we'll have fast food restaurants any longer during that time. We're going to eat unhealthy food, <laughs> but uh, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, I'm sure the, the, the food and everything that we're going to be partaking of and even probably the atmosphere and everything is going to be clean and beautiful and wonderful. It's going to be a great time together, but people can still have that. They still have the rebellious nature, even though Satan is bound during a thousand years and that rebellious nature uh, if it wants to come to fruition against the Lord, will take place at the uh, uh, when Satan is loosed uh, at the end of the thousand years, and that'll be the final battle. And all those folks will stand before the great white throne judgment as they rejected God and the Lord Jesus Christ throughout their lives, and they'll be cast into the lake of fire. And then the, all believers will head off into in, the new heavens and new earth and the new Jerusalem, which we rejoice. And then never again will Satan be there. Never again will there be sin. Never again will there be crime. It's going to be awesome for all forever and ever and ever. So, Ray, hopefully that helps you out, my friend. And we're going to try to, uh, we're going to stay on the line. We'll send you those gifts. And then we're going to get right to Andrew because we're almost out of, I'm not Andrew, Terry. Terry, we're almost out of time. Terry, how can we help you out? Oh, yeah. The reason I was calling, I have a next-door neighbor who is, um, He's not a practicing. He's raised in the United States, but he doesn't believe in God and Jesus and stuff. But when his young daughter got sick, he contacted me and my mom and asked for prayer. And uh, it's kind of different, but I want to know maybe if there's a way that I could reach him with the truth of the gospel of Christ, you know, but at least he did ask for prayer from us. Oh, great question. Greg, go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I would just say take him to Romans 1. You know, Romans 1, uh, God declares that all, all, uh, that, that God is manifest, manifest in nature. So we, we know that there, we know that there is a God. Now, what definition and what belief system you put behind that, that's something else. But, uh, but take him to Romans 1. At least it'll get him in the Bible. Right, Daryl? Absolutely. And Terry, stay on the line. We'll get you those gifts. And for Ray, for Andrew, I think someone from Washington and Kansas, give us a call tomorrow. We'll put you on right away. It's been a great joy uh, being on air with you, Greg, and the great oh, questions yeah. today, as usual. And may God bless you, each and every one. Thanks once again. God bless. 
To find out more about this ministry or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash T-E-M-A. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station. 